We did it. We have officially passed 1 million downloads on the Stephanie Gass podcast. Thanks a million for being a part of this podcast family, for being in my community, and for being with me for over four years, for helping share this with a friend, for being willing to sit with me through three episodes a week and learn and grow in your business, for being open to partnering faith and success to having an open heart and a willing spirit to moving forward into your calling so that we can all work together for the glory of God to rise up into the kingdom authority that he's called us to. Thanks for being here with me. I'm so, so, so thankful. I'm so grateful. I'm so honored. To say thanks a million, we have some special gifts for you this week, Monday, November 14th through Sunday, the 21st. You can save 30% off of either Stephanie Gass' course, Clarify Your Calling, where I help you get clear on your niche so that you can start that online business. You walk away in 30 days with a complete business plan mapped out from start to finish. Title, tagline, description, avatar, clarity, content pillars, and everything you need to plug and play into your very own podcast. So if you want to grab that, is at clarifyyourcallingcourse.com and your code is thanksamillion. Thanks a million. Save 30% through Sunday. Or if you were ready to start that podcast, you have an idea and you're ready to bring it into the world. You're ready to use your voice for impact, to grow a business without social media, without the hustle, without the grind, to do it in a way that is evergreen, that's sustainable, and that's so much fun. Then I invite you to start that podcast with me. We're going to start it, launch it, and promote it successfully so that it is in the world working for you, generating leads, and helping you grow that traffic. You're going to want to take Podcast Pro University, which is at podcastprouniversity.com. Your coupon code is thanks a million. 30% off of either the pay in full or the payment plan through Sunday only. And then last but not least, you have a podcast. You are ready to go from part-time podcaster to full-time potential. You want to go all the way in on podcasting. You're like, I believe what you have done, Stephanie, and I want to do it for my own business. This is for you. 90-day group coaching immersion mastermind experience. Hang out with me live every single week. We learn, we grow, we put SEO and keyword strategy deep into your podcast. We revamp the whole thing. We work on titles. I teach you how to grow Pinterest marketing. We do how to podcast pitch, sales conversion training, sales pages, every single thing you need to go from I'm a podcaster to I am making profit. We learn how to set up a coaching offer and or course offer. And then I teach you how to launch your course evergreen and live launch style. So all of that is available. We are kicking off in January of 2023. And this week only, you can save $300 off by snagging an early bird seat to Podcast to Profit. So you're going to head to podcasttoprofitmastermind.com and use the code EARLYBIRD at checkout. Save $300 off of Podcast to Profit. Again, that's podcasttoprofitmastermind.com. Your coupon code is EARLYBIRD. All of these details can be found, if you have no idea what I just said, down below in the description of today's show or in our Facebook community, stephgascommunity.com. It's time to go behind the business. What's up, friends? Welcome back. Today's the day you've all been waiting for. Today's the day that we talk about money, honey. Woohoo! Y'all submitted some really juicy 
controversial deep dive questions related to revenue, profit, conversion, sales. So we'll be going through all of that today. And I'm really going to be lifting the curtain behind the numbers. So I know that you guys are curious and I also want to show you what's possible for you. So you really have an understanding because I think along with making high revenue in a company, you got to understand all the pieces that come with that. What does that really look like on a profitability scale? What did it take to get here? What are the, what did the years look like leading up to where we are now? And so we're going to just tell you all of that and more today. Now, before we dig in, I want to remind you, you have just three days left to claim the um, Behind the Biz Thanks a Million Super Sale, where you can save off of Podcast Pro and Clarify Your Calling. You can save 30% off, which is almost a hundred bucks off of Clarify Your Calling, over $200 off of Podcast Pro University, if you're ready to launch that podcast. And you're going to use the code THANKSAMILLION at checkout. Or if you're ready to hop into podcast to profit a little bit early and snag your seat for the January session, you can save $300 off right now by using the code EARLYBIRD at checkout and save that 300 bucks. Three days left for that. So you guys are going to want to run and claim those offers. Everything's at stephaniegass.com slash courses. All right. So Lydia's here with me and she's going to be kind of guiding us through these questions. Let's do it. All right. We've got a question from Aliki. She says, how do you get most of your customers and what activities do you do daily, weekly, or more to close clients? And how do you track that? Great question, Aliki. So basically when we look at a sales funnel, we have to figure out how do we take cold traffic, bring them into the podcast, for example, and then make them a hot or warm lead. And then you have two choices. You can sell straight from the podcast or you can sell straight from where your warm lead leads are captured. So first thing I do is I just pitch on the podcast. I sell directly from point one. People enter the funnel at the podcast and I sell straight on the podcast. I call it podcast pitching and it sells all the things y'all. It's literally that easy. So I teach how to do podcast pitching Inside a podcast to profit, those of you who are joining me in that program, you'll learn how to pitch because there is a, a methodology and a strategy behind it to, to get people to buy. So that's the first place we sell. The other place that I sell is inside of my captured lead, which are emails and the Facebook groups. So when we sell to captured leads, we can casually mention Evergreen, which is similar to podcast pitching. And we do something called urgency offers. So a few times a year, uh, just like right now, right? We find a reason to celebrate with our community and to give them that bonus, that coupon, or that reason why they would buy now, right? So you guys listening right now are celebrating that million downloads with me. We are giving you an opportunity to save, which is going to have an impact on you saying yes to the courses or the program. The other thing that we do over here are I do have two evergreen webinars and those webinars help us sell uh, to cold traffic. So people coming in through Facebook ads or Pinterest marketing can purchase directly from these webinars in essence. And that is definitely a strategy not to distract anyone that I don't think anyone should be doing until they are over that one to 200 K revenue mark, just because you do have to have the revenue to support and the team to support you in marketing that way. Basically, you know, capitalize on your organic market first, which is selling on the podcast, then move to your email list and Facebook group. And then later, once you're really successful in those areas, you can grow to these other 
these other avenues of sales. How do we track it? I track it in an income spreadsheet because I'm cray, but <laughs> I have um, Thrivecart that I use, which is our checkout software. We can run a export at any time and see sales and people who purchased. And I have a bookkeeper who is tracking all of those sales as well. And basically I know where every dollar is going in my business, how many sales we've made each by product line, how many new sales versus recurring, uh, recurring payment plans are coming in at all times. It's, it's super important to know your numbers. So I think that answered that question, Lydia, let me know if any of that was too much or unclear. <laughs> no, I've seen the spreadsheet. I can vouch for that. <laughs> All right, we've got Michelle Velasquez's question. She says, what was the first service that you sold? <laughs> oh, fun question, Michelle. The first service that I sold in this business, so you guys know I've been a 10-year, 11-year full-time entrepreneur and I was in network marketing before and then I had a panic attack a couple of years where I made no revenue and I sold Amazon merch t-shirts. We're going to ignore all of that and we're going to look at when I started this business. So the first thing I sold was something called the Facebook Growth Framework. <laughs> so funny. And that little course I sold to my downline, which is a no, no, you're not supposed to do that, but I did it anyway. And I got 15 people that bought it. It was like a hundred bucks or something. And it was a course I'm putting air quotes. It was a course run in a Facebook group. How funny. Anyway, that's the first thing I ever sold. And it totally, I was like sold on online courses after I saw the power of that. That was the first thing you asked. Um, yeah. So in, and then in contrast now, just to give you some, something to compare that against, because that first one sounds successful. Oh, you sold 115 spots, right? Your very first offer ever. However, when I launched podcast pro university, which is our number one selling e-course now, it only sold five, which I think is interesting. And today it's the course that sells daily or every other day you know, and in between, I think I've had eight or nine courses to date and some of them have completely flopped and some of them were not successful. So what I'm saying is start with where you are, have fun with it and know that your first course will not be your last course. And, um, it's just kind of fun to know that you can grow every time you do the things. That's right. It's such a process. <laughs> yeah. All right. Tiffany asks, I'd love to know the streams of income for Stephanie Gass LLC. Is it possible to make money from a podcast rather than just use it as marketing your other products and services? So you have an income from one-on-one -on -one coaching courses and what else? We, Tiffany, I spent the time to actually break out the income streams for you and to share with you the percentages. Now you specifically are asking me if you can make money from your podcast versus marketing your products and services. Sure, you could, you could affiliate. I'm sorry, you could um, have sponsors, like put ads into your show, but it pays pennies on the download. That's why I typically do not do this. Now, when I'm a 20 million download podcast, I may change my tune and have all the ads. I don't know, because it, it really, this grows with your uh, download number. So you can, is the answer. Should you in my opinion, no, not until you are a major player in the podcast space. Is it, is it make any profit for you? Because you may as well sell your own stuff and make a lot of profit. So here are my income streams. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight income streams. Uh, I'll go in order one podcast to profit, right? This is our 90 day immersion mastermind program for podcasters, teaching them how to grow and scale their show and create that coaching or course business 
and make profit from their podcast. It's an immersive experience. It's group coaching. This is 54% of our income. Uh, PPU, and this is through today, year to date. Okay. So PPU is at 21%. That is our best-selling e-course, how to start a podcast and launch your podcast successfully. Then uh, the next one is podcast to profit coaching. So I do take a small number of podcast to profit coaching clients who want to get that extra attention. And uh, that is 8.9%. Next up is clarify your calling course at 7.6%. Then private coaching and unstuck session. So basically my one hour uh, little or 30 minute little calls with everybody is 6%, give or take. Then we have something called the accountability club. This is 1.6%. So obviously this one is not super big key player in the revenue, but this is one that will scale over time because as people graduate podcast to profit, they join us in accountability club. It's an hour a month where we go through basically power coaching and one focus goal to keep them on track. And then last but not least is my affiliate income, which is 1%. So this one is, you know, marketing everything that you guys see at stephaniegass.com slash resources. That would be affiliate revenue, the programs and the software that I market. Please note, please note how much is affiliate revenue out of this whole bucket. So, so many of you focus so much on affiliate or getting a sponsorship, but look at what you're missing out on from a from a revenue perspective by marketing your own stuff on your own podcast. Awesome. Faith asks, I'd love to hear the breakdown of income percentages. What percent of income comes from what and what expenses look like, even if they're broken down by category? Great. Of course you want to know that, Faith. We know Faith really well. She's she's <laughs> awesome. So just went over the income one. Let's go through expenses. So expenses look like um, tax, right? Like you guys have to consider that when you're looking at a expenses budget because it's such a huge amount <laughs> as you grow your business. So really that's roughly 35% at this point. The next expense line is tithe. So we as a company have chosen and felt feel called to tithe 10% of every dollar we make. That's top line revenue. Uh, that is complete. I want to disclaimer this one. That is completely up to you and God. If you tie off of your bottom line number, your net income number, or your top line revenue, people have different opinions on this. And I think it's a hundred percent between you and the Lord. Um, the next up is the labor line item for us, which is at roughly 25%, which is employees, contractors, etc., And myself <clears throat> marketing is at 8%. This would be any type of ad budget that we have or promotion budget, other random expenses are 4%. This is stuff like teachable and all the small little things that we purchase from a software perspective to run the company. And then last but not least, our distribution or to reinvest back in the company. And that's roughly at 18%. Do you have any questions on that, Lydia, that you think they might be wondering about? Um, I think with the expenses, it encompasses all the things that they need when they first start, when they're outsourcing anything, um, and when they need any software and things like that, right? Exactly. So for those of you who are starting now, Faith, this is obviously expenses on a half a million dollar business a year. So you're going to want to consider where are you at? And please be mindful of that. You know, if you're like, I made two grand a month, 
well, I don't expect you to have a 25% labor bucket. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I mean, maybe, but you've got to be discerning through these expense line items, because if you're making one to 2000 a month, you guys may only have the overhead to cover just the little expense line item teachable and a website fee and all of those an editor. If you're outsourcing like that probably is all you have to give. So as you grow your revenue, you can add more expense line items like a marketing budget. I didn't have that until a year ago, right? Like that was not something that I could invest in. The labor bucket was absolutely not 25%, you know, like that's something that started at 5% and we've been able to grow that as we have more wiggle room in the net income. Yeah, that's so good. All right, Ashley Smith asks, um, she says, when do you actually, when did you actually start making money? She says, like, I would love to know the trajectory of when you were doing XYZ, your super fan number was ABC, and revenue was DEF, to show the progression. <laughs> Hi, Ashley. I love you. I, guys, I know these women so well that as I hear their question, I'm like, that is such an Ashley Smith question, and that is such <laughs> a faith question. Um, okay, so what I did for you, Ashley, I didn't calculate my super fan number, but what I did do is I put the revenue number down by year, and then I put down what I was doing to make that revenue. And I listed out what my download number was in that year. So you could kind of see the correlation. So in 2015, that's when I was a full-time network marketer. And I thought that I was on top of the world and I was doing business the world's way. And I was the striving and the hustling and the absolute burnout exhaustion, the idolizing of everything, working my absolute hardest. Like I'm, I can't even explain to you the level of workaholism I was suffering from that year made me 150K in revenue. So I think that's interesting to note here. And what was I doing? 100% network marketing. In 2016, I made 40 to 50K. I changed nothing about how hard I was working in that network marketing business. If not, I was working, trying even harder. And that's where I started to have that in those internal breakdowns was that 2016 year because I had a newborn, Landon, Landon was born and I was trying so hard to make it work. And I hadn't come to terms with the fact that, um, I couldn't control the revenue of this. Cause it wasn't my company. I, when you're in network marketing, you guys and no shade, but here's the reality. It's not yours. You are a paid sales person and you get a very small commission for what you sell. And so you know, people wanted to leave and go to the next best network marketing company. And that left me with no sales organization. I couldn't fill it faster than they were leaving. So it was basically cut into a third within 12 months, which was imagine how, and that's that year that like I exploded because my identity was in that company. So you can see how these revenue numbers really had an effect on me in my mental state and in my worthiness. So 2016 was pretty ugly. I started trying all the side hustles. I was freaking out that's when I was trying to do Amazon t-shirts and (laughs) I mean, crazy, but I wasn't giving up on network marketing. Well, in 2017, we were down to 22 K in MLM was the year that I decided to quit. Um, I had, I was trying everything blogging. I was, I was, I think I had been, I, I, I decided to leave in 2017 network marketing, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do instead. So that year was really hard for me because I was showing up on Facebook lives talking about online business, but all I had ever done was network marketing. So I was trying to figure myself out. Um, I tried blogging. I tried YouTube. I did my Facebook course in 20, um, 
17. So that was kind of cool to see that was the beginning of something great. And then in 2018, check that out. Uh, nine grand from the podcast. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure I made something as a residual from MLM that year, but I didn't look into it. Anyway, it was rough. It was a rough year. Had 3000 downloads on the podcast. So anyone wondering, I had 33, 3,320 downloads on the podcast year one. If anybody's like, but that was three months. Remember I started in October, so October, November, December. Um, now what's interesting is heard that was a divine, this is kind of a story, but I think it's fun for you guys. That was like a divine download from God. Seriously a dream, like start the podcast. Cause I didn't know. I'm like, what is supposed to replace this thing? Like I had fully surrendered to him at this point. 2017 was a reckoning. It was a rise from the ashes year. Same with 2018. Well, in 2019, it started working. I had, I think I had the Instagram, I had an Instagram course because I was still using Instagram to market in 2019. I had passionately profitable was a course that I had and I had funnel fusion. Isn't that funny? Teaching people to make funnels. Anyway, made 78,700 bucks in 2019. And I had nine, I had, um, nine, what is this? 93,300 downloads. Okay. So then 2020, it all blew up. It all blew up. 2020 can't got clear. What the heck do I do? So 2020, I had a massive coaching business going at this point. I think I was up to 400 bucks an hour at that point. Um, start launched. I launched PPU at the end of 2019 and I launched CYC at the very beginning of 2020. So that year was 388,200 bucks at 311,000 downloads on the podcast. And really think about that, you guys, to have almost a $400,000 revenue bid top line business with 311,000 downloads. That's not that much to look at that potential. 2021 had, we crossed the half a million dollar mark, $532,000. 620,000 downloads on the podcast. And 2021 was like that huge revamp year, right? Rebrand CYC came out. PPU was like really going. I think my first PPU was very end of 2020. So now we added P2P. We had CYC. I phased out of coaching clients in a big way in 2021. And I still hit these numbers. And I had the most stagnant, stagnant year in downloads that I had ever had because these numbers are cumulative. So that's interesting, right? Podcast downloads held, but revenue grew exponentially. And then last, last but not least, 2022, we're tracking to beat last year. We will be over that revenue number and will be over a million downloads on the podcast. And what am I doing differently this year than last year? More of the same. I have more employees. My expenses have gone up quite a bit, but we're really in a growth phase right now. And, um, I've gotten almost completely out of private coaching. So that's, that's the answer. Lydia, what do you think about that? I'm well, I can see our notes and I can see the difference in numbers and just the gradual growth and how amazing God is because it had gotten down so low, but it's just so encouraging to see you not give up. And I think that's one thing you didn't have noted here, but one thing that I see is that you didn't give up. Right. Thought about it. Thought about shaking my head a few times. (laughs) We've all had those moments. (laughs) Exactly. And I thought about giving up more than once, you know? Oh, yeah. 
All right, we have Kaysen. She's another former P2P. She asks, what was the very first P2P like? How did you launch that? Was it strictly to podcast only or podcast and email list? Hi, Kaysen. This is such a great question. So it was actually a totally impromptu, and I'm quoting my quotes, advanced group coaching program. So I don't remember what I was doing. I think I had this, I had decided to do a random mastermind one day and I had a few people in here and I was like, you guys, you want to go advance, let's do an advanced group coaching program. I didn't know what it was. And I just pitched it to them in the call. Very Steph style, had no plans, had no curriculum. I didn't know what I was doing. And I opened that up. Half of the people jumped in. I think I had nine people, give or take. And uh, what's funny is some of those nine original people are some of the most successful of my students today. You know, in there, I had Brooke Jefferson. I had Chelsea Joe Moore. I had, uh, I think I had Robin Graham in there. Like some of the most, the greatest success stories that I have were in my very first P2P as don't tell them, but as amazing at it as it is today compared to the first time I ran it, it's a hot mess. Anyways. And then your second question was, um, how did you do it? I just sold it straight to them on a call. But after that, I realized I had something special and I sat down and I made an actual curriculum and I really dug into it. And that second round, we opened up to the whole shebang podcast, email list, Facebook group, etc. I think that sometimes where the cart before the horse can work in your favor. <laughs> Sales. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, so Eve asks, do you earn more money than your husband? If so, how has that affected your relationship and a follow-up? How much money do you make being an affiliate? Do you always disclose that or always disclose that? You are just four questions. So let's go oh. one by one because Eve's questions hey. are juicy. Number okay. one. <laughs> um, do I earn more money than my husband? Yes, I do. Uh, going on year three of that. Well, year yeah, year three of that. But how's it affected our relationship? It hasn't. He is the most supportive, grounded, confident person. And money has always been our money. So if you recall, when I went through all those revenue numbers up above, I had three years that were like straight up awful. And before that, before I made money in MLM, I, I also took two years off to build that. So here's one thing I want to say, because I know this, this is sometimes triggering for people. Like, well, my husband doesn't make enough money to support me ramping up an online business. And I see you, you know, I see you and I've, I've just been blessed that, um, he was able to cover me in those years that I was building my thing and knowing that it was always our money. Um, but those of you who don't have that luxury, you know, my only advice, cause I have friends who've brought this up to me, you know? And so I want to just highlight this, that God can do whatever God wants to do with whatever your situation is. And so, not jumping off the bridge before there's water underneath it. Just some tips. Don't leave your job until you're profitable in your online business. Don't leave your job the month first month you're profitable in your online business, three months or more. Go part-time, scale down. Um, because the worst thing in the world were the, the, the years that I had to panic. And it was, you could like smell the desperation. Those were not pretty. And people don't want to buy from you when that's the vibe that you're putting out there. But anyways- um, great question on that. All right. So the second one of hers is how much money do you make being an affiliate? And do you always disclose that you are earning money when people sign up for that product? 
Yeah. So a few K every month comes from affiliate. I think the highest affiliate month I ever had was four grand. Um, and the biggest affiliate I have is Allie because we have a kind of, um, agency style relationship where I shoot her leads from P2, P2P and PPU. And she creates y'all's graphics. And then I make a commission off of sending her all of that business, right? Basically 95% of her company is stuff gas students. So that's pretty fun. Um, and then I have some smaller ones like Podbean and stuff. Those are not that much. Do I tell people when they're signing up? I try to. Yeah. If they're going to buy it off of a a blog post or off of the website, it does say that this is an affiliate link and that I will earn a small commission. And that's just to CYA, uh, cover your CYA, CYA notation. (laughs) (laughs) CYB. Yeah, exactly. All right. Her next question is, have you had any stalker type men or women who become obsessed with you? (laughs) Well, not that I know of. Do you guys know? No. (laughs) No, thankfully. Let's hope it stays that way. Yeah. Wait, what are you going to say here, Lydia? (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, well, I have seen people just like binge everything and then copy what you do. And I think that's a form of obsession. So, you know. And then I get in Lydia's boxer and I'm like, somebody copied me again. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, it's a compliment. (laughs) Don't worry. Okay. Her last question, how have your friendships and family relationships been affected by your financial success? They're such good questions. Um, I think friendships naturally evolve and change as we do. And um, God's been so gracious by giving me exactly who I need in each season. And, um, you know, he's just blessed me through that. There's been, there have been a few friendships that have gone you know, um, in the past five years, but he's always used that for good. And then other than that, like, honestly, I'm kind of a weirdo and introverted person. I I could count my close friends on one hand. So thankfully for me, you know, I'm only close, very close with a few key people. And those people are God sent people. So they haven't really been affected by, by the, the success family wise. I haven't really seen anything change. And I think hopefully it's because nobody listens to my podcast and they don't know what the heck's going on. (laughs) Including your husband. (laughs) Thank the Lord. (laughs) Funny. All right. We got Cynthia. Her question is, do you ever launch a course? Did you ever launch a course? Did all the right things and did not make a sale or hit your goal? And if so, what did you do? What did you do or what did you change that is helping your success now? Good. Great question, Cynthia. And hi. Yes, I have launched a course and did all the right things and it not be viable. I've had some that made zero money. And then I've had some that just fell way below the mark lots of times. So what did I do about it? First thing is you got to, you got to feel it because this does sting. Okay. That was rough. Did all this work. It didn't work. Feel it. Go ahead and give yourself that, that wiggle, that grace to, to, be with those emotions. And then I put them away and I said, let's take a look at the data here. You know, why? Because all the, when, when you hit the mark on something, there's a reason why. So you got to look at the data inventory revamp, and then try again. I had to find the ways I loved to sell too, because what, like I may tell you guys pitch on the podcast and that's the best way to sell. And here's the template and the training to do so in podcast to profit. 
And then you discover you hate that method of sales and you want to sell using copy inside email marketing, or you want to sell with an evergreen workshop. Like you guys, as you grow, are going to test different methods of sales and find what's right for you. Because while I can tell you what works for me, it really does come down to your avatar and your personality type. The other thing I did was I had to fix my marketing and messaging more than once. I had to remember that it wasn't about me. It was all about her. So often I see the gap in people making sales because they're not saying the right things. They're not telling the person what they actually get and, or they are talking about themselves because that's the the only piece of market research that they have, you know? So really remembering it's about her remember it's a process and that you have to be data-driven don't get emotional about it. Facts are facts. If it didn't sell, why? If it did sell, why? How can I do more of that? And then how can we sell more next time? Yeah. And I was just going to add that as your team grows, it involves their feedback as well. If they're down in the weeds, they might know something that you don't know as you are up higher. And it's a matter of listening to them and what works, what didn't work and getting their feedback and stuff's really good at listening to us. (laughs) I'm always like, what do you guys think? Like, what am I missing here? I love to find gaps, right? Because again, like all we can do is get better. Yep. Don't give up. Next question is from Mary. She says, what percentage of your business income do you pay yourself? Juicy question, Mary. So funny enough, um, I have the company tax pulled from my personal payroll. So I end up making about 40K, which is kind of funny. But, but I will disclaimer that I do take profit distributions as well. So roughly around hundred K total personal income is what we pull. Um, I do this right now so I can keep growing my team because we have growth goals. And so I know that the faster we grow collectively, the more that blesses God's kingdom overall. And so instead of pulling more money myself, we're putting more money into the company at this point. And my husband has a great job. So I'm very blessed by that to be able to, to be at that level. Next question from her is, how do you know when to start taking a salary instead of reinvesting in the business? Mm, these are so good, y'all. So Mary, when, when you can sustain all of your, when you can sustain all profit, overhead, expenses, tax, tithe comfortably, what does that difference look like? Again, you making two grand a month, I don't think you're able to cover, you know, tax and tithe and expenses and overhead and hiring a VA. Like there's just not that bandwidth. There's not, no wiggle room there yet for you. You're going to need to pocket the rest of that money, right? But as you're growing, what does that net income grow to? So after you've removed tax and tithe and expenses and operating expenses and whatever, what's left? That's the point that you have to really look into to see how much is in here that I want to pay myself and how much do I want to keep inside of the company to cover cash flow. All right. Her next question is, how do you know when to start taking a salary instead of reinvesting in the business? Ooh, great question, Mary. So When you can sustain all your profit, your overhead, your expenses, your taxes, your tithe comfortably, what's left over? 
That's really the question. What's that difference look like? And then you, the next question you want to ask yourself is what's the amount of money you want to maintain in the business accounts to cover cash flow? Then you can ask yourself, what can I pay myself? So this is not an easy answer that I can give you, but I do think it's something that you need to look at from a projection perspective, obviously talking to your bookkeepers, accountants about it, and then finding out what do you need to live (laughs) and finding out what that balance might look like too, because you need to live before you hire a person, right? So those little decisions that you need to make. I like to leave a nice solid cash flow buffer in the business in case anything happens. What if I have a bad sales month and I didn't expect it? I have people to pay, you know? So we do keep quite a bit of cash flow in the company every month. And then taking a look at what's left over in a net income perspective, coming up with what amount my accountants want me to pull out. It's so there's a lot of variables in there, but does that help give some direction? Yeah, for sure. And she follows up with, do you have a CPA or accountant? Yes. And yes. And they are life-changing. Pay the money. (laughs) When you can. <laughs> uh, next is how did you decide to take on a full-time employee instead of independent contractors? Which is Lydia. She has her t-shirt that says employee of the year. Only employee. <laughs> She's my only one right now. So here's the deal. From a cost perspective, you want to have contractors as long as possible. I mean, even perpetually. Some of you never need to bring on an employee. Okay. Because once you have, once you have a contractor who crosses the employee boundary, um, they're just more money. So there is a point where awesome, like that's what you want. You want this employee to be with you in perpetuity. It's no longer a contracted position. You need them to work a lot more hours with you. Like they're in it. You're going to have to cross that bridge when you get there. Um, but that's when you need to, to bring them on when they go over that 20, 25 hour mark, when they're no longer doing task related stuff, but they're managing they're in it with you. They're strategizing. Like that's really what an employee's job is. And there's a very gray line, but you can get in a lot of trouble if you start, if you don't get your employees in when they should be an employee. But that being said, just make sure you're good and ready because not only do you pay an employee quite a bit more because you're covering all the overhead and the tax, but for me, I had to pay more for payroll because as an S corp, Lydia lives in Texas. We got Texas fees. We have forms we have to do here and there in New Mexico and Texas. And like, I don't even know what's happening. So in addition to to her, we have to pay the uh, payroll costs associated with managing an employee. So just a lot of stuff for you guys to consider. And what I, what I just said to really make that simple is don't employ up until you're good and ready. So start with contractors and then grow from there. It's like dating and then marriage. Exactly. You know, we're not going to (laughs) like Just jump straight in. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) What is your uh, biggest regret when starting your business? Throwing spaghetti at the wall. You heard all the things I did. You like panicking about money, which I I was in a position to panic. Okay, I get it. But not trusting God fully and then throwing spaghetti at the wall. Like maybe this course will work. Maybe this offer. And I see, I see a lot of my students do this. You know, they're like, I'm going to do a tiny offer and then I'm going to do it like, That was my absolute biggest regret, not just sitting in the stillness long enough to get the divine direction to do it right. That's my regret. Yeah, that's so good. Does your husband still work? And if so, do you make more than him? Would he ever retire early to join your business? I love that you guys are so curious. Someone actually got in my box. Can you please have an interview with your husband? And I was like, everybody's requesting to meet you. And he was like, absolutely not. (laughs) He's not here for it, you guys. 
So yes, I already told you that I do make more than him right now. Um, he does still work. He is a manager for, um, Sandia Lab- National Laboratories. He's a manager of 30 people, runs a large organization over there. Um, and he might eventually retire from corporate. He's not completely opposed to it, but he would definitely do something else. Guided hunts or doing something cool. He also feels a call to like, I don't know, maybe some type of kids ministry stuff in the future. So real estate, Airbnbs, he wants to get into that. So those are things we're looking at later as we have more opportunity for. Um, Next question is, have you ever been spotted or recognized in person by a fan? That's so good. Isn't it weird to think about that, Lydia? I'm like, what do you mean a fan? I'm just like a normal human over here with my hot mess hair. Like I'm so just normal. It's so funny. Um, actually a few times at church, because my, my pastor sometimes will talk about my podcast because he listens to it. It's kind of funny. And they'll be like, oh, you're that podcast girl. Are you the one with that one pot? And then they'll be like, she has a big podcast. And they'll like whisper. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. So just a few times at church, uh, but that's about it. And it's, I'm so like, I get really awkward in that kind of situation where I'm like, oh, it's nothing. It's fine. Anyway, let's talk about you. <laughs> Enough about me. <laughs> Enough about me. Um, how much money did you invest in your business before you started making money? And how long did it take to recoup that investment? Great question. Nothing. I didn't have to take out a loan or like have a start Kickstarter, anything of that nature, because podcasting is in like basically free, you know? So nothing. And I started with where I was at. I didn't have bookkeepers, accountants, didn't have the LLC stuff in place. That's like, that all came with time. So those of you who are like, I have to have every piece buttoned up before I start. Absolutely not like go and figure it out as you go. But then as you start gaining traction, don't be afraid to spend the money to then put the pieces in place because as you saw us blowing up was pretty quick, like a three year. And so I'm glad that I had the people in place quickly because I would be floundering right now if we didn't have the right, you know, support systems and accounting and even legal and protection of the business and that kind of stuff. So anyway, yeah, no, I did not invest anything to get started. I just started. And did you spend money on ads or do you spend money on ads marketing your courses other than through the podcast? Great question. Yes. So in the past about, I guess, six months, maybe even a year, we have been playing with an advertising budget. So we are running some Facebook ads. We also are testing out uh, paid podcast advertising at this point. Um, but again, like this is something that can be a distraction for those of you listening about, oh, I should do that. No, you shouldn't. I tried doing Facebook ads back when I was new and like, it just was a huge money weight, like taking the money and throwing in the toilet because I hadn't validated my offer. I didn't have a professional brand to even market. And, um, I didn't have the right people to help me run those types of campaigns and such. So don't do that till you are truly, I believe over 200 K in revenue. Uh, anyway. Yep. Yeah. Good advice. Um, Kara says, how do you lay out business budgeting? Like what percentage do you use as income for yourself to pay your team, to reinvest your biz, et cetera? Okay, good. So that's a great question. So I think I, I already answered this percentage question above when I answered Ashley's question, Kara, 
but it's more so based on your income more than based on your downloads. So if you make 10K, you can't really allocate that much because as I told you guys, right, you, you already have taxes, tithe and overhead and then paying yourself. That, that's all you have money to do. So that's where you're going to be at. But so instead of looking at downloads, I would look at where your revenue is. So focus on the highest priority buckets for you and then add on to those buckets as you've increased your revenue. You know, for me, I think I was, it was at least that 80K year before I brought on my first contractor, right? Because you just don't, you've got to, to be realistic about where you are. Now, if you desperately need help in your business, great, but start small, a couple hours a week, that kind of thing, and um, go from there. So that's it. Wow, we did it, Lydia. That wraps up Behind the Biz. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Go back and binge listen. There, are, there is so much value in these five days. We talked about team and operations on Monday podcast downloads and podcasting stuff on Tuesday, mindset on Wednesday, time management and prioritization yesterday. And today we talked about money and conversion. So bookmark these, share these with another business owner who might be curious about what it's like behind the scenes of running a business. And most of all, thanks a million. Thanks for being here with me to celebrate a million, a million, a million, a million downloads on the podcast. You guys, I'm so grateful. I'm so honored. And uh, I'll see you soon. Hey friend, just wanted to remind you, if you have not snagged your behind the business, thanks a million big savings and steals this week, get on over there, girl. Go to stephaniegass.com slash courses, figure out exactly where you fit in to the roadmap. Click on that course and head to checkout. At checkout, you're going to use the code thanks a million for Clarify Your Calling or Podcast Pro University to save 30% off this week only. Three, two, one, go. That's off paid in full or the payment plan. Or you're going to click on podcast to profit. Get an early bird seat to our live immersion mastermind program kicking off in January and use the code early bird to save 300 bucks. I can't wait to celebrate with you. Thanks a million. Did you have fun? Or learn something? Leave mama a review. Pretty please. I hope you loved today's episode, friend. I pray it stretched you, challenged you, or grew you in some way, and that it's helping you. If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else that has been praying for a breakthrough? I also would love it if you could take 30 seconds for me and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know you're actually liking the show. Plus, it lights me up to hear from you. Lastly, come on over to our free community, stephgascommunity.com and head to stephaniegass.com to grab your free gifts. I have free workshops over there and everything you need to know about working with me, taking my courses or connecting. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, Romans 15, 13. I'll see you in a few days. God bless.